And open your, your Bibles, please, with me. In the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. First of all, I'd like to say that I'm really glad for... Actually, this is a privilege to share the, the Word of God to all of you. I give thanks to our Pastor Nick. I give thanks to all our pastors, Pastor Lisa, and for this great community here at Rosewood. And I give thanks for this opportunity of just being here with all of you. Just please, like, I hope my, my strong accent is not a, a bad condition to all of you. But more than that, like, I hope that's the Holy Spirit. He's able to speak with all our hearts this morning and... And the message that I would like to bring to all of you, the, the theme for this morning, it is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is something that God is just like speaking to my heart lately. And I want to just share this message to all of you. And I hope like as the Holy Spirit is here in our midst, he can speak to your own hearts. Amen. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. The Bible says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Close your eyes for a second. Dear God, we are here for you alone. And your Holy Spirit is here present in our midst, God. Their Bible says when two or more they're united to seek you, God, there you are. And you're already here in our midst. And we just ask you, through your presence, through your power and the authority that you have in our lives, God, speak to our own hearts this morning. So we may be just transformed by you. Filled by your presence, inspired by you, equipped by you, empowered by your presence, God, in our lives. So we can do your will in our lives, God. In Jesus' name we pray to you. Amen. Amen. Rio 2016 Olympics Games. Summer Olympics Games. I don't know how many of you are just watching all these games lately. How many of you are watching the games? But it's so wonderful to see like all those sports, so many sports that they have been played in these last weeks. 
And suddenly, like in the, the next two weeks, it's going to come to the end of 2016 Summer Olympic Games, hold every four and four years. And so many sports they have over there. Volleyball, beach volleyball, soccer. Last night, Brazil, they won soccer. Wow, it was great, man. Yeah, we won against Colombia. What a great time it was. We love our Colombian friends. But it was good that we just like passed by and now we're going to go to semifinals. And so many sports, diving, my, my, my wife, she loves like to, to watch diving, for example, or even gymnastics. When she sees like all that precision and how they're able to use their own body to do all of that, that's, man, that's unique. That's beautiful, beautiful. But also like with Rio 2016, there are, there are two celebrities that they, they kind of like, they outstand from, from the others too. One of them is a Jamaican fellow, Usain Bolt. Huh? Last, last year, my wife and I, we went to... Oh, come on, come on, come on, go ahead. Put your hands together for Jamaica. <laughs> this guy, no, this guy, he rocks. Last year, my wife and I, we had the privilege to go to Jamaica. We went to Ocho Rios. And, and first of all, like, it is so interesting because over there in Jamaica, everybody, they love Brazilians. So we, uh, we, when I just like, said I was Brazilian, they would like to, to start talking to me about soccer and how much they love the Brazilian soccer team too. And, and anyway, but over there also with Usain Bolt, like, he is a big celebrity. And it is not for less, right? Man, this guy in the last... Two World Cups, if I'm not wrong, like, yes, it is in the Beijing 2008, in London 2008. He broke all the records. In the 100 meters, 200 meters, in the relay. And now, like, everybody, they have this old goal of seeing him, like, okay, how he's going to perform right now. And, and he had his hit yesterday, and today it's going to be his semifinals, and also, I think his finals are also going to be today. So it's a big deal. Usain Bolt, he's unique, but also another great player. And this is like a, this guy, he, he breaks records record and more records. Like this guy, he's unique too, which is Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. I was just like reading this morning. I was reading this morning. Michael Phelps, he, he has since 2004, the Athens uh, Olympics Games, since 2004, he has 23 gold medals. Three silver medals and two bronze medals. And something that is really unique with Michael Phelps, oh, he's such like a, a wonderful athlete, but something that we don't know about him, or that recently, lately, they brought this news to public. But Michael Phelps, he had a very strong issue in his life two years ago, 2014. Michael Phelps, when he was nine years old, just so you can know about this, nine years old, his, his, his dad left home. And this was like horrible for him. And since then, like he got all the records and he was okay. Everybody was seeing him like, oh, this is the best swimmer ever. But he started just to have like a lot of problems with his own self-esteem, with his own self-worth. And then he got involved, like he, got, he was caught using drugs. He was caught even like with a DUI. He was, he, was, he was drunk, he wasn't supposed to drive and he was caught with that. And in 2014, he was like in the lowest time of his life and he, he even like thought about, okay, perhaps the best decision for me is just to end up my own life. 
And then uh, where he was in Baltimore, there was a, a very good football player, a friend of his, that came to him and started to help him out and said, okay, go to a rehab center. He went to the rehab center. And then these friends, see how it is important friendship in our lives. This friend gave him a book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Roaring. And he started to read this book. When he started to read this book, he called his friend and said, man, now I, now I, now I understand that it's not about me. It is about like a higher purpose, a higher God. And now it makes sense for me that all the struggles that I have, I can just rely myself on his hands. And since then, he got back on track. And now he is. He went to the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. And, and he broke like more and more records. Now he said he's going to retire. But see what a beautiful story of like a friends that made a difference in my life. But something that for me with the Olympics, it is really, really unique. It is the amount of nations that they have all together for this event. 206 nations all together, 11,000 athletes, and more thousands and thousands of participants just watching the Olympic Games. All of these, all of this crowd from different nations, different backgrounds, different cultures, all together in one place. And why I'm saying this to you, because this passage that we're reading this morning, it talks about that. On the day of Pentecost, what is the Pentecost? Pentecost, actually, it is a festival, a Jewish festival. It is one of the three major annual festivals for the Jewish community. And actually, this festival, Pentecost, the name of this festival is the Festival of First Harvest. It is a festival when all the Jews, they come to Jerusalem just to give thanks to God. It's a thanksgiving event and saying, God, thank you so much for all the harvest that you have provided to us, all these crops along this year. And over there, at the festival of first harvest, at the Pentecost, Pentecost means 50 days after Passover. It is 50 days after the Passover that they had. So 50 days after that, all these nations, cultures, backgrounds, all together in one place to give thanks to God. And over there, there was in an upper room, 120 believers that they had a message from God, wait for me, because I'm going to my Father, but I'm going to release to all of you who? The Holy Spirit. And you all need to be together in one place, seeking God's presence, and God will pour out the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the Pentecost. And these 120, they were all there in the upper room for this purpose, to seek God. And this is a promise of God to their lives that is started in Jesus' own ministry. When we see the prophet John the Baptist, John the Baptist, he, he was already announcing the words, Okay, repent yourselves and get ready because the King is coming, the Messiah is coming. And he also told them in advance about the Holy Spirit. If you just go for Luke 3, 16, John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I will come. And the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is not just simply a prophecy of the prophet John the Baptist himself. 
It is a prophecy that started over there in the Old Testament. We see in the Old Testament many times God just revealing to his people about the Holy Spirit, the God in his spirit. And one of them is the minor prophets, prophet Joel. If you just go for prophet Joel, chapter 2, verse 20, 28, prophet Joel, he prophesied. He received this word from God and he told all the people of Israel. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And this promise was also referred by Jesus Christ himself. But not simply told with Jesus Christ, but it was fulfilled with the coming of the Messiah. Jesus Christ over there in John chapter 7, 37, 39, he said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of, light, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time, the Spirit had not been given to them, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus said that. And even Jesus, we said the Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. Jesus, he died on the cross, he resurrected after three days, and he spent 40 days with his disciples. 40 days, Jesus in flesh with his disciples. And over there, during this time that he was with them, he said in Acts 1, verse 4 and verse 5, My disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gifts my Father promised to all of you, which you have heard me speak about. For John, he baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And there are four questions that I want to just like focus with all of you this morning that we need to answer these questions when we think about the Holy Spirit. Four questions that you gotta have these questions in your hearts and you need to do something with these questions. And the first question is who? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is Him? Who is the Holy Spirit? It's just like a spirit. It is just one random spirit among like that is present here among all the other good evil, good and evil spirits in this world. Is he just a spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit simply a power? No, he's not a simply power. Why? Because he can hold with himself power. But he's not simply a power. Is the Holy Spirit fire? No, he can bring with himself fire, tongues of fire, as we are just like reading here. But he's not simply a fire. Who is the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit a feeling that we have inside of us? And then, okay, yes, I felt this, so that's why I see that the Holy Spirit is a feeling. No, he's not simply a feeling, although he can bring feelings to our lives. As it says in Romans 8, 26, he can bring, bring even like wordless groans. But he's not simply a feeling. Holy Spirit is God himself. The Holy Spirit is part of what God is. Who God is. And God is the Father. God is the Son. And God is in Spirit. The only presence of our God, the presence of our God is manifested through also His Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, it is God Himself. 
And that's the promise that all of them, they, they received before with Jesus Christ. Behold, I'm going, I'm going back with my father. I'm going to go back. This is my time here on earth that I'm working in this ministry here on earth. But I'm leaving. But when I leave, as my, pro, my, my father has promised to all of you, he will bring his own presence to your life. Our own presence. The Holy Spirit of God. And this is so important because when we understand that the Holy Spirit of God, it is God himself. We need to eager ourselves. We need to desire to have him inside of each one of us. It got to be a goal inside of our own lives. If the Holy Spirit is God, I got to know this God. I got to have this God. I got to be filled with this God. And that's the second question that we need to focus on. Okay, but if the Holy Spirit is God, why it is so important for each one of us to receive the Holy Spirit? Why should I receive the Holy Spirit? And first of all, as we said before, we got to receive the Holy Spirit because first of all, the Holy Spirit is God himself. John 4, chapter 23. The true worshipers, worshipers they will worship our God in truth and in spirit. Because God is... Spirit. God, He is a Spirit. And because He's a Spirit, He wants us to seek His presence. And why? Because He also has given us a promise about that. It's not simply that He is here in our midst, but just so to some of us, He has given this promise. No, He has given this promise to all of us. It is a command that he has given to all of us. And when we go for John 14, verse 15 and 16 says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask my the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and he will be in you. It is a promise of God. It is a promise to each one of us to have the Holy Spirit inside of our lives. But it's not simply a promise that he has given to each one of us. It is also a, a manifestation that we belong to him. When we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we know that we belong to him. If you go yourself with your Bible, in Acts chapter 2, you can also read here, Acts Oh, sorry, Romans 8, verse 9. The Paul, he said, You, whoever, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Having the Spirit of God, it is an evidence, it is a manifestation that we belong to Him. That this Jesus Christ who died for us, who is our Savior, who is our Master, He is not simply one that we read in a book, but He lives inside of us. Because His Spirit, God's Spirit lives inside of each one of us. And if we, if we understand who the Spirit of God is, what are the, why? It is so important for all of us to have the Spirit of God inside of our lives. 
The third question that we need to answer is, what are the evidences that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? What are the evidences that I can see in my own life that I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me? And the first evidence that we can see when we go to this text that we just read, I got a cold lately, and I feel like my, my, my throat it is drying more and more. But what are the evidences that we see with the Holy Spirit? When we, see, when we go here to this text, we can see that one of the evidences it is the results of a person being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the result of that always points out to God himself in Jesus Christ. When we go to the book of Acts, when we go to chapter 3, we can see Peter... When all the people, and a lot of people, they came, when they saw these 120 filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in different tongues, in different languages, and they could all hear in their own language, they started to wonder, what is this? What's going on here? And some of them, they even like asked, oh, perhaps they're drunk. And then Peter, he comes, he stood up, and he gives a proper preaching to all of them. He gives a message to all of them. And he says, no, actually what you're seeing here, it is due to God himself. His promise that he has given to all of us. And not simply God himself, but also God's the Son, Jesus Christ. So he brings glory. He bring, brings worship. He brings honor to God, Father and God the Son. When we just go, for example, in Acts 2, 32 and 33, Peter, he says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. He brings the message of God himself. He shows to all of them how God has done this. It is not about ourselves. It is not about simply my willing to receive the Holy Spirit. But the first evidence that I see when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I bring glory to God himself. I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. This happened in Brazil when I was a youth. And I will never forget about that. I will never forget about that. It was in one evening, one night, that all of us we were worshiping God. And we were like inside of a chapel. And we were all worshiping God, worshiping God. And I remember what the, 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 the pastor, that he came forward and he was bringing the message. And he was bringing a specific message about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God, he's available. And he was such a gentle pastor. He was in his lately 70, 75 years old. But he was so brave. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit. And he had just like a very simple, humble message. He said, the Holy Spirit is available to all of you. Come forward if you want to receive the Holy Spirit. And I promptly, I just went forward. I went there. I just bowed down and I was worshiping God. God, I want to receive you. I want to receive you. And suddenly... Like I had no control in my own life, my body, soul, and spirit. It's not simply with my own body, but my body, my soul, and my spirit was taken 
by God's presence. And when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember the only thing that I could express at that moment was glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Because I recognized it wasn't by myself. It wasn't about my limitations. It wasn't about who I am because I'm nothing. But it was about himself. And all the time that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we bring glory to the only one that deserves glory in this earth. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is also transformation. One of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit is being transformed. You are not the same person anymore. If you used to do some things, now that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not because you simply are going to go to a checklist and know, okay, I cannot do this. No. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't even like look at this. You don't want to get close to this. doesn't mean like you have removed from yourself your original sin. No, it doesn't mean that. But it means that there is something greater inside of you. And I am propelled... I am drawn to, to the favor, to the will of God himself and not mine. When the, when the Holy Spirit is present, there is transformation. Transformation in the atmosphere we are in. As we just read here, it could be mighty windstorm. It could be sound of heaven, tongues of fire. Or even in the case of Elijah in the Old Testament, through a gentle whisper. We cannot simply put the Holy Spirit in a box. The Holy Spirit, He's creative. And He does how He wants. The way He wants. When He wants. And we don't have control on that. We just know that when we are filled with the evidence, is that I see that something is different in my own life. It could be through a gentle whisper. It could be silence or it could be really loud. How He will do it. It is according to His will, not ours. And also, my life is changed. Lives, they are changed when the Holy Spirit, He manifests Himself. Here in this passage, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, he came into the whole crowd. He started to preach with all of them. And how many new believers they came on that day? 3,000 new believers. The seeing what happened. Seeing all these miracle things and hearing not simply seeing the signs and wonders, but hearing the teachings of God. Peter, he stood up and said, this is for the glory of God. He's the kingdom of the universe. And you can rely on him. You can surrender yourself to him. 3,000 lives, they came to God. There is transformation of the Holy Spirit of God. And one of these transformations, it is the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 20, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. My life is changed. The things that I used to do, I won't do anymore. And I have His fruit inside of me. 
And the best one that describes the fruit of the Spirit, it is Jesus Christ himself. Because Jesus Christ here on this earth, he was showing us his way, his path, how we're supposed to live our own lives. And Jesus Christ, he was love, he was joy, he was peace, he was kindness, goodness, faithfulness, he was gentleness, he was self-control. He brought, he manifested with himself all of this. And we can see also this in our own lives, but not simply the fruit of the Spirit. But it's so important for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He also brings His own gifts, spiritual gifts, that helps to nurture the whole church in itself. All of us here, each one of us, He empowers us with a specific gift so we can serve Him, so we can do His will, so we can serve in our community. So we can use all these gifts in a specific way to others. We can minister to others through the power of his gifts inside of us. Through his own presence inside of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a beautiful passage. There are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit distributes them. Now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. For the common good of the church in itself. For the race of the church. It is not for our own sake. To one there is giving through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge. To another faith. To another gifts of healing. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. To still another the interpretation of tongues. And God has placed, in verse 28, in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, teachers, miracles, and gifts of healing, helping, guidance, and different kinds of tongues. This is all the spiritual gifts of our God to each one of us. And we need to desire them. God, what is your gift for my own life? How you want to use me? And we need to go deeper and deeper. There's so many things that we can discuss about the gifts of the Spirit. And how we can see the gifts of the Spirit being manifested in our own lives. But let me just like be clear here with one thing. The first thing that we need to have in our own lives it is the desire. To first of all have the Holy Spirit inside of each one of us and say, God, how you want to manifest yourself. How you want to bring glory to yourself through my own life. How you want to use me, God? I remember back over there in Brazil, in one of our young adults' retreats, this was a very particular night that we were having, actually we were having a, a drama being played by a wonderful group over there in Brazil. And during, during the drama, we had like around 500, 600 young adults all gathering for these retreats. And during the, this drama, God just puts a specific word inside of my own hearts. And he said, you got to go after the drama. And you need to say that there is a person here that wants to suicide himself or herself. And you need to bring this message because I want to bring this person to my own arms. And I want to give a new life for this person. 
And when I just like got that words, like I, I thought with myself, first of all, no, no, this, this, this is my, my, my mind. So like, no, no, this is my own thoughts. I don't, I don't want to go with that. It's like, no, what is this? Like, this is crazy. How am I going to go and approach a microphone and then I use this microphone to bring this message? What if there's no person? What if there's no one there? And this God, he gave me these specific prophetic words. You need to share this word. And the more I said, no, 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 I won't do this, the more nervous I would get. And then my whole body started to shake. And my hands, they were just like sweating more and more. And when I get nervous, one of the things that you can just see the evidence of me getting nervous, it is my wedding, my, my, my hands. Gets really wet. This is one of the evidences. But anyway, I was over there, no, no, I won't do this. But then suddenly, like, I find courage. And I found this courage because I just heard this voice in my, in my own head. Lucas, what if there is no person here? What do you prefer? To be embarrassed in front of all these people or to be embarrassed in front of my presence? And that's when I found courage and I said, no, I got to do this. I went there after the drama, I got the microphone and I said, there is a person here that is thinking that this is your last chance. And you have even brought medication with you that if you don't find Jesus here, he will end up yourself. And he wants you to know that he loves you very much. And he has seen your life. He has heard you. And this is the opportunity for you just to get to know him right now. Just come here forward where you are right now. And suddenly from the back, a girl, she came crying and crying and crying. And she just like came forwards and she was crying, bawling herself. And, and she couldn't contain that. And she was, God, you have heard my cry. I was looking for you so much and you have heard my cry. And that morning she gave her life to God. And her life was changed by that. Why? Because it is not about the gifts that we have. It is about the one that performed the gifts. He gives all these gifts so we can use these gifts in a very bold, brave with all the courage that we have, that he has given us this courage. He has given us all his strength so we can perform that. The last question that we need to answer, and I'd like just to ask all of you just to stand up where you are right now. The last question that we need to answer ourselves is, but how? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? How can I have the Holy Spirit inside of me? It's really simple. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. Acts 2, the first verse, it said, All the believers, they were gathered together in one place. All the believers... They were gathered together in one place. They believed. They had their faith in God. They knew that God has already promised to all of them. 
and he was going to fulfill this but how long when in what circumstances they didn't have all these answers but they knew one thing there is a promise if there is a promise there is the fulfillment of the promise because the one that promised it is the one that he always 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 fulfills his promise the one that promised it is the one that he doesn't simply have the control of what is possible what is ordinary no the one that promised he's the one that makes the, the impossible possible he takes our ordinary lives and through his presence his holy spirit he transforms that in something extraordinary he takes our natural skin our natural natural body our own hearts body soul and spirit and with his supernatural power with his supernatural presence with his supernatural person because he is he comes and dwells inside of each one of us how i just need to simply ask him have faith and say god come here inside of my whole heart i want to be filled by you